let's get straight into it, shall we? So Man United versus Liverpool is on Sunday. Um, the something, something of January. So what is it? 15 season. The 17th of January, let's say. Uh, I don't know what time okay. it is because I can I and, it's live. and it's live uh, on <laughs> Sky Sports. And you have Martin Tyler and Gary Neville probably commentating as they normally do. Uh, but yeah, just between you and I, we've had some fun conversations regarding Man United versus Liverpool over our years and mostly during our school days as well. And it feels like a lifetime ago, but it also feels ridiculous how we used to speak so much about Man United and Liverpool. And in those days, Man United was superior. And the reason I'm wearing this specific shirt is because we got our 19th title. (laughs) And there's a reason why I'm wearing this one is because we're good now. Exactly. And that was one way you you won a couple things as well. And that's why this shirt is so iconic to me, because in year 11, 2011, we won our 19th title and that means so much to me and I haven't bought a, sh- a shirt since because I'm waiting for the next time we win something superior. I probably should That's bought- when Rooney scored the overhead against City, wasn't it? Yeah, the Rooney yeah. overhead kick and Nani scored a really good goal in that game. But Yes, I remember. But no one remembers that Nani goal at all. It was ridiculous. Because, because Rooney's won. Because Rooney's won took the headlines. Exactly. And it was fantastic. But... Aminu, since the last time we've spoken properly regarding football, which I can't remember the last time when or where, how do you feel about Liverpool's chances coming from <clears throat> coming up to this game? Well, to be fair, everything was going well until Van Dijk got injured. Yeah. Played we- well. We played well after him. We coped. Then Joe Gomez got injured. Freaky little England training camp injury which we still don't really know the details about it was just an unfortunate collision apparently that's all I could hear all I could remember from Gareth Southgate yeah so then we had to draft in Fabinho into defense and I have to say I have to say he's been amazing at centre-back he has been I'm a a big fan of Fabinho but I hate the fact he's a centre-back because he looks such a natural player there and he used to play right back for Monaco as well so he's done the job he did so it's weird because his such a good holding midfielder and you wouldn't have thought he'd play as good if not better in a different position which is just sitting in the heart of defence and I was just shocked when he just filled in like there was no problem Mm. Fabinho not a problem it's the injury concerns with Joel Matip that worries me he comes in comes out it's like one step forward and ten steps back with Matip it's like Honestly, Eric Bailly. Eric Bailly, yeah. they're both made of glass, basically. They should be in that yeah, Mr. Glass they're, film, they're, they're, they just smash an elbow they're, they're, and they're out for yeah. six weeks. They're class players, class centre-backs, but they're just made of glass. Hmm. Reminds me of Daniel Sturridge, Wilshere, a lot of them. Michael Owen, unfortunately. Michael, Michael Owen, unfortunately, yeah. So Fabinho, I thought, all right, he's slotted in well, everything's lovely now. And then Gomez, unfortunate, so we had to call in. An 18-year-old little Reese Williams, who last season played for Kidder Minister in non-league football. To be fair, at such a young age, he filled in the first few games, didn't look out of place. He looked like he was part of the lads, has been with the lads for the past five years. But it comes to a point where the experience counts and it's been a couple of games and he did get tested by Callum Wilson against Newcastle. It was a difficult game for him. I have to say, he's one of he's one of those underrated strikers, Callum Wilson, because I feel Callum like he's Wilson so- is quality. 
this quality. He, he shouldn't be at Newcastle because he they don't deserve. He should, he should be in a top six team, top six to eight team at least. Exactly. He's strong and he's fast. So I was I was surprised how strong he was against us. Like he was just shoving people out of the way, and then after that, acceleration just kicked in, and I was just like, whoa, like Callum Wilson. There was a reason why he got a few England call-ups and he scored a debut goal and all of that. And he was at Bournemouth. I reckon he was one of the main reasons why Bournemouth kept staying up. No, he definitely was. He was their attacking yeah. threat. And that's probably what Newcastle yeah. seeing him now. The fact that he will guarantee the goals. But Newcastle plays such negative 19th century football that he exactly. barely gets a touch in the game. So And he- and saying that, he still managed to get eight Premier League goals so far this season. So he's doing well for... my fantasy team, which is all well and good. So I'm quite happy. With he's that. in my fantasy team now, just on my wild card. <laughs> oh man, it's a double game week next week as well. So double gonna... game week. Yeah, we'll see how he does. Ah oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, comparing yeah, got... comparing uh, Callum Wilson to the likes of Rashford, Marshall, and Cavani, how do you reckon young Williams and Fabinho <clears> at centre back, if they are the first choice to be playing, um, how do well, you reckon they would do against them? Young Williams would prefer to play against Martial than Cavani. Okay, why is that? Cavani poses an aerial threat. Though Reese Williams is quite tall, mm. Cavani has the experience. He knows the positions to get into. He knows that he's going to target Reese Williams instead of Fabinho. Fabinho's yeah. got the experience, he's got the presence, he knows how to play dirty, when to do certain things and when not to. With young Williams, he was at Kidderminster last year, and that's non-league football. And playing your arch rivals at with a top of the tree clash, it's, 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 it might be a bit too early for him. Which takes me to Nat Phillips now. Nat Phillips is about 23, 24 years old. Just for us to listen, uh, what position does he play, Phillips? Nat Phillips Mark. plays centre-back. Centre-back as well. Yes, he's been at Liverpool for a while, but he never really got the opportunity due to the fact that we've had quite a few defenders. We've had our likes of Clavan, Lovren, Matip, Skirtle, who have come and gone. Mm. But Nat Phillips has finally managed to get an opportunity due to the fact that Gomez, Van Dijk have all gotten injured. Yeah. His debut against West Ham, where he actually got the man of the match performance. But there's... A season is a 38-game season. It's not a game. It's not two games. It's not a knockout game where you can just think, you know what, hopefully I can make him just... Hopefully he just plays well for this 90 minutes. This is a long season and this isn't a little 10 to 14-day injury for Van Dijk or Gomez. This is a serious injury. Like, Mm. Gomez, we don't really know the extent, but with Van Dijk, we know it's an ACL, so we know they're going to be out for a long time. Nat Phillips... I watched him against, it was a team recently, I think it was, I'm not sure who it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, and he was very, very slow, and he put in a terrible tackle, which I thought, hold on a second, you were closer to the ball, how did this winger manage to outrun you and get to the ball first? And then that tackle was so bad that it made it look like it was 20 times worse but it was just the fact that he was just too slow to it so Cavani will know how to target someone Martial yes very well that's why he's been at the top of the game like the the fact that he played against Burnley (laughs) a team he's probably never had to face before like the type of 
team that he's never had to face before. And he dealt with Tarkovsky, dealt with Ben Mee in the rain at Turf Moor on a Tuesday night. So Edison Cavani can do it on a Tuesday night at Turf Moor, which is the new Premier League standard for tough exactly. games, basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, with Anthony Martial, he's more of a <clears throat> winger, inside forward type player. Inside I reckon forward. I reckon he'll be playing on the left. I don't really want him to, personally, but I think he'll be playing on the left and he'll be looking to come in field and he scored that obvious, obviously iconic goal, his first goal against Skirtle and coming in from that left-hand side as well. So would you rather have Fabinho as like the right centre-back or the left centre-back? Fabinho will definitely play on the left. Left. Okay. The, he's been playing there for the past month or two now. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's either going to be Phillips, Williams or Henderson will have to be a makeshift centre-back. Yeah, he did that against one of the teams recently as well. Was it against Newcastle? Newcastle, that's Newcastle. it. Was it, was a, it was surprising. I think it's because of the fact that Phillips and Williams don't have the experience. And yeah. I personally think Henderson is going to start at centre-back due okay. to the fact that Iago is now fit. So that gives us options in the midfield now. Brilliant. So before we move on to the midfield, just name your back five or, you, or your back line. How would you line up? My... The, what I would probably choose, as much as I don't want it to be, in an ideal world, we both know Gomez and Van Dijk are shooing. We're but not in an ideal world this this time. We live in a world. pandemic world at the we moment. Do, we're, we free lockdowns. <laughs> we're free lockdowns in Aminor. There's no, no such thing as an ideal world. I know, I know. So, goalkeeper and the fullbacks, they're obviously going to be Alisson, Trent and Robbo. Yep. Robertson. Right-sided centre-back will unfortunately have to be a makeshift Jordan Henderson. Mm. And then the left centre-back will be Fabinho. However, before we get to the midfield, I still want Jordan Henderson to play right-centre-mid. I understand completely. That's, that's his like, natural position. I, it, like, in, in my head, it just keeps... Do I want Williams or do I want Henderson? Because exactly. I know Williams will get terrorised by Cavani. Like Cavani will make inside runs and then come out again and then go that way, then go that way. Williams will leave a huge chunk of space for Anthony Martial to fill in. Yeah. No one better than Bruno Fernandes currently in this league at this current moment to find a pass. There we go. So Jordan Henderson will be more disciplined. So I think the fact that he'll be more disciplined will mean Henderson has to start at centre-back. Makes sense. For Man United, I'd say our defence can't change from the Burnley game. It honestly can't. Maybe Taya's coming in for Shaw, but Shaw's been pretty good so far. His health He's been pretty good. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like Luke Shaw's one of those players that has to play a number of games to get to his best form. He can't just come in and have a good game. He's not that kind of player. And, Wayne Rooney was that kind of player as well. Yeah. And I think also with Luke Shaw, he needed a bit of healthy competition. He really did. Brandon but, Williams just came in as a makeshift to cover for his injuries. You know, yeah, really push he's him a right anyway. back, really. He's yeah. a right back, really. So, Teller's coming in as a known left-sided fullback mm. from Porto, was it? Yeah, Porto. Yeah, like fifteen yeah. million pounds or something like that. So exactly. again, healthy so, competition. Exactly. So Teller's is quite known. Play. He's got Champions League experience. So Shaw must have thought, hold on a second. I've got competition here. I need to up my game. I need to try staying fit because there was a period where he was putting on a lot of weight and he will just if you look at the end of last season as well sorry to interrupt but when you look at the three semi-finals we were playing 
he wasn't in that Europa League final against Sevilla. He was playing left centre back against Man City. Brandon Williams was playing left back, and I'm not too sure about the Chelsea one, so I won't include that. But the fact that mm, yeah. they had to make shift to a back five, and he was a left sided centre back or not in the semi final shows that we've kind yeah. of missed him as that proper left back centre person as well. And to add to yeah. the healthy competition, David De Gea coming back with um, a vengeance, really, when you've got Dean Henderson coming back from Sheffield United. You've seen how bad Sheffield United are doing, going to how well Dean Henderson has been doing. But the fact that Dean Henderson's got limited opportunity, De Gea was never really going to get replaced by Romero, and I thought he's a fantastic player for us. But Romero was class, in my opinion. He was probably the best number two in the league by far. Yeah, probably in the in the world, I would say, being a little well, biased. Yeah, yeah being, being a bit biased there. But I'd say Romero could easily have got, again, top six, top eight side as well. Could have been... Could easily gained to Everton, in my opinion, better than Pickford. Definitely. And it's fantastic to see. But it's annoying to see Romero just left to the side. But my back four would be... I wouldn't go for a back five, but he's tried back five for the last two, three years against you at Anfield, and it hasn't worked. And the Mourinho and the Solskjaer hasn't worked at all. So I'd go for the classic De Gea, Wan-Bissaka... He'll be one-on-one against Mane, so that'll be a good challenge for him. Maguire, Bailly, and Luke Shaw. And Luke Shaw, I have to say, had a fantastic game against uh, Mohamed Salah when I actually, when I went to watch Man United v Liverpool at Old Trafford like two, three years ago. And that was when that was that game where we had loads of injuries. Like you had injuries, we had injuries, and there was like loads of subs. It was a nil-nil game, one of the most boring Man United Liverpool games I've ever seen. But I think that was eighteen nineteen. Yeah, it was eighteen nineteen. February yeah. or March that time but it was, yeah, it was crazy yeah, yeah. because you're just there like he's this is prime Mohamed Salah and you won the Champions League I think that year as well so it was yeah. literally prime Mohamed Salah and he just he wouldn't let him pass uh, Bailly's been fantastic so far he's just again made of glass so we'll see if he makes it through the 90 minutes and Harry Maguire um, again is a bit is going to be a bit slow against like Mane and Salah we saw that against Neymar in the Champions League. We saw that against Arsenal earlier this season as well. But the fact that Bailly's next to him, Bailly always compensates from McGuire's lack of speed, which is something Lindelof couldn't do. Yeah. But yeah, that's my back four for the Man United team. Uh, let's go on to midfield. So go ahead, Jordan Henderson. Do you want him in midfield or is it literally going to happen? I want him in midfield, but mm-hmm. will it happen? It that's won't the happen. question. I don't think it, it won't happen. happen. Well, holding midfield number six, that's, that's a shoe in. Thiago Alcantara. Do tell Easy. us more about him. Like, we don't know enough about him. Absolutely world-class. A prime example of his world-class ability is the Villa game last week. Oh, my God. We were playing... Amber, why are you saying that? Why are you saying... You're playing against kids in that game. You could have done so much Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the way I have to talk about how great Thiago is. Because you've got Marnie and Salah playing. Mm. they done nothing. Though they both scored... Thiago came on for Jordan Henderson and just dictated the play. Took the people on. We ain't got a centre midfielder other than him. And Naby Keita, who is also injury prone, that take on their man. Glass. Mm. That take on their opponent and find the killer pass. Thiago and Kantara can do that. And I'm hoping he'll dictate the play. And his long-range passing is amazing. Short pass is amazing. He's just world class. I he just, is one of the I, best midfielders in world football. And it's just annoying that, like, on our podcast, we've said recently, it's annoying when you see players come into the league and they don't do well or they get injured and you don't see them properly. And even if they play for a rival team and is wearing the Liverpool shirt, which pains me 
pains me to my core. And he's one of those players I wish was at Man United because we were in for him once upon a time when Sir Alex Ferguson was manager. I remember. And I was like, he's still a young player, but he's still a good player. And this, that, Just and when other. he left Barca, wasn't it? Went to... I forgot when he went to... I think he went to someone else before Bayern. I might have been. I might be forgetting. If he went before Bayern, then I yeah, it was a Bayern. He one. might have had a little loan spell somewhere. It could have been somewhere, but basically like yeah. 2011, 2012 era. Yeah. But yeah, Thiago, shooing. Mm. Number six, holding. We've also got... Right, so... Gini Wijnaldum's definitely going to play. I How's like he been Wijnaldum. this season? I haven't seen much of Wijnaldum, him, to be fair. Wijnaldum's been really good. He He's good against Crystal so... Palace. Yeah. Is he playing against Crystal He's... Palace? I think he was. Yeah. He's so consistent. The fact that we're such a our team gets injured quite a lot. Mm. He's been the only midfielder that has not missed a minute. Yeah. And sometimes availability is more important than ability. What's the point of having ability when you can't even play and keep getting injured? Prime Eric example Bailly. is Navigate. Eric Bailly. Prime Matt example it. for us. As, yeah. Prime example for us as a centre midfielder. Navigator. Mm. Navigator will easily get into our starting eleven if he could stay fit like Wijnaldum. Mm. Unfortunately, he's not fit enough. So that's why Wijnaldum's availability is such an underrated quality of his. So he'll, he'll, be pre- he'll be he'll be matched against likes of probably Fred or McTominay in midfield, and yeah. he'll be they'll be having some key battles in the midfield game. Key battles, definitely. It's more they're more of the they're kind of like the dogged player that love recycling possession, keeping the back line intact, keeping their defense solid. So that takes me to the next midfielder. Unfortunately, Navigator's injured. Julian Henderson will probably have to be in centre-back position, mm-hmm. which leaves us with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Curtis Jones. Who would you start? It will have to be Curtis Jones. Really? Not Oxlade-Chamberlain? Yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain has just come back from a big injury himself. Again, yes, he has played. Yes, he has played. Exactly. Yes, he has played a couple of games. But it's more cameo appearances where he's been put on for the last 20 minutes, last mm. 25 minutes. Against Villa, I think he started. No, he didn't start against he Villa. But he was on the bench. But against Newcastle, he started, but couldn't really impact the game because it was a tough evening, I'm not going to lie. But mm. yeah, so it'll probably have to be Curtis Jones. However, before I continue, there might be a formation alter. Would you alter it? Or do you think I, it would just be altered I, for the Man United game? It might just be altered for the Man United game. Okay. But that would mean the holding two will need to be very, very solid. Mm. And if it is altered to a 4-2-3-1, this means that it's going to be just Wijnaldum and Thiago, which means Shakiri starts on the right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have suspected that at all. Shakiri is a right winger starting in the biggest of games for Liverpool. Well, to be fair, whenever we play a 4-2-3-1, hmm. Shaqiri is quality. He does so much. And also, we've been a bit lacklustre in front of goal. We haven't been scoring much. Mane and Salah blanking. Firmino, he's not really a renowned scorer, is he? Hmm. 
And Jota's been so, injured as well. He's been a revelation this season. Injured. Exactly. Jota's injured. Origi's more or less his time's up. His time's Minamino, up for years, but he just keeps getting those every goal every now and then. And it's good on the exactly, bench. Exactly, well. yeah. And we need someone that is going to create. And mm. who's going to create? We need a... You know when someone just picks out that odd pass out of nowhere that takes risks? We need someone to start. So it's not going to be exactly a right winger Shakiri starts. It's more mm. like... An inside forward. Yeah. When I used to play FIFA, I used to have Ram, Cam and Lamb. So he's playing Ram. Shakira's playing he'll Ram. He'll be playing Ram. Cam would be Firmino and Salah would be up front. He'd be the Lamb. Not the goat, but the Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Mario will be the Lamb. Brilliant. But, but how would you Shakira set it up? Start... Would you set up with a three or would you go for the four, two, three? I'll start with the three. The three. Four, Trusted three, and three. tried, really. Trusted and trialed and we need some sort of strength in the midfield. We need to have numbers in the midfield because mm. you can't let Bruno Fernandes just find space in the hole. You've got Pogba there who's on form right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to be going, he's going to be doing box-to-box work. That means you're going to either have Fred or McTominay or Matic. One of the three. Definitely not Van der Beek, unfortunately, but... Um, oh, that's a story we'll come to in a second. That's true. But, um, but yeah, just confirm your your midfield three for us or your midfield five. How so you'll start? probably have to be Thiago, Wijnaldum and Jones. And Jones as well. I don't want it to be Jones, but it's going to have to be Jones. He's quality, but mm. is Man United a game two ahead for him? I don't think so. But then again, I'm wearing the Man United badge, so I don't think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, coming on to Man United's midfield, it's going to be a tricky one for me because we could always go for the tried and tested McTominay, Fred and Bruno Fernandes as the, as the midfield three. But for me, I really think it would be good to see Pogba on the left as well. That's why I mentioned at the beginning, I don't want Martial starting on the left because I'd rather see... Uh, I would. I want to see Matic play. I think Matic is fantastic with Maguire and Bailly. He always goes into that back-back three type thing as well. And then I would be starting Fred because, again, Fred versus Wijnaldum will be a big battle uh, on Sunday. And I think both of them have just got legs for days and they're just energetic as hell and they'll get the odd pass through and every now and then they'll just probably get a yellow card just to slow play down and they're really good at that. So Fred Matic for me and Bruno Fernandes, obviously. What more can you say about him that no one else in any football podcast or show or whatever said about them already? He's amazing and he's someone that I hope will stand up to the test. He's stand up to every test so far, barring the semi-finals that he's been in. He did really well against Man City last season, but hasn't really performed in the big games. And that's something I'll come on to at the end of our little formation thing. But Pogba on the left, I think he's just been a revelation of that freedom. And I think it will be fun to see Pogba, Fernandez, and Matic again in that midfield. Fred will always be doing that, the hard yards going around. He's a hard runner that way, but... It will again just lead me to playing Rashford on the right, unfortunately, and Cavani up front, Marshall and Greenwood on the bench, and whoever else on the bench. But I thought I'd maybe just finish up there with a five in midfield. So Matic, Fred, Bruno Fernandes in the middle, Pogba on the left, um, free roll as he does, and Rashford as well, always trying to go behind Robertson. Yeah. I would default Fred and McTominay would start because they've got a very good chemistry together. They, they probably so, will, but the fact that I, wanted, I want to see Matic play in this big game and he's been on form this season, not on form these last few games as well. McTominay hasn't, yeah. really, he scored a goal against Watford, which is great, but 
I think after that Leeds game, he's not been the best. He's been misplacing mm. passes. He hasn't been his normal self and he could probably do with a rest. And I mean, you got a rest against Burnley, but literally come back in for the Fulham game next week where you can, again, just take on their five-man midfield or whoever. They play so many in midfield for them, but again, that's another story. Um, but yeah, Cavani needs to lead the line. He needs to show his experience and Marshall will be a really good impact sub. Greenwood as well, Van der Beek as well. Um, but I just want to see Fred running, running the midfield down. So just tiring out Thiago, probably man-mark uh, Wijnaldum or Thiago. Matic will sit in the middle of, of the park. He'll allow Bruno Fernandes and Pogba to be free. Shaw will uh, push on from the left. Wan-Bissaka is probably one of the worst attacking fullbacks in the top six, I would say. He's a fantastic defender, but okay, he gets across here and there, but I don't see him as someone that's going to fret from that right-hand side. Robertson and Mane would be attacking him more than Wan-Bissaka will be attacking that way. That's personally yeah. how I see it. And yeah. Cavani against an inexperienced back line, he'll be someone that will, again, slow down the game. He'll probably try and nab a goal. And it'll remind me a lot against... Um, we play against West Ham. And again, he, I think he started that game. But it's just the fact that you can play against a, a midfield where you've got Rice and Sushek in the midfield. But when you've got Wijnaldum, Thiago and Curtis Jones, Curtis Jones is probably the more defensive of the three, but Thiago sits in there more. Is that correct? Would you say? Curtis Jones is the most attacking of the three. The attacker, that's fine. I haven't been yeah. watching Curtis Jones, so I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> so that's that's more or less my team. And I'm guessing you'd finish off with Mana, Saleh, Mana, Mane, Salah, Amino. That's the three that have been doing the job for the past few years. So, yeah. Tried and trusted, as always. Tried and trusted. So I would what... like Salah and Mane to drift in more and try looking at attacking by Ian Maguire. For me, they should look at how PSG did that when they had Neymar yeah. and Mbappe coming in properly as well. And they had that freedom to just drift in <laughs> and they had their defenders just, again, not always attacking, but you had like Gai uh, pressing back and Herrera came on afterwards. Marquinhos was there just covering the defence so they could be free in that. And Maguire yeah. doesn't know whether to go forward or stay back all the time. So that would be something that you could exploit. Personally, yeah, I think definitely. Man United could exploit that right-hand side of your defence. Alexander-Arnold against Pogba, maybe, like aerial battles. And um, was it Williams that you got centre-back as well? Cavani could not pace him, but again, out-muscle him and tire him out, bring Marshall on soon. Could be an option. Yeah. Well, it'll be a very exciting game. Top of the league clash. And so against the... It's been years since we've been able to say that top of the league clash between Man United and Liverpool. It's been a very long time. Probably last time I remember was 2009-10 season. Yeah, the 2009-10 season. 08-09 as well, but 2009-2010 was when Chelsea ended up winning the league, but we were still up there competing for titles as well, which is yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, just what we'll do is if you can just tell me a, a few of your footballing memories of the Liverpool v Man United fixture, so not the one at Old Trafford, the one at Anfield. I'm, You'll have a lot more than I will of good and fond memories, really. So, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Well, one of my favourite ones, which still hurts me to this day because of how the season ended, mm. was when we beat you in the 13-14 season when it was 3-0 at Anfield. No, it was that, that was at Old Trafford. You, that was at Old Trafford, yeah. You beat us, I think, 2-0 in Anfield. That was in August of the that season. That was, yes, I remember. Um, that season painful the way we lost mm -hmm. I remember the 18-19 season when Shakiri just 
came on and scored two goals. And he got Mourinho sacked. So And that got Mourinho sacked, so he should really be thanking us. He, he was got sacked on my birthday as well, which is really funny, because I got a text from Man United saying, happy birthday, Hamza, before being a Man United uh, member. And then like an hour or two later, Mourinho gets sacked and it's all over the news. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it shouldn't have been. I never celebrate seeing a manager at sacked mid- mid-season. And I'm a big fan of Jose Mourinho, but... That third season was just awful for us and for the players, and it just needed to change, unfortunately. But yeah, one of... my favorite memory out of all of them mm-hmm. is last season's two 0 win at Anfield. By far, by the far, fact that that's crazy. By... That's when we started believing. Mm. Alex that was and... again in in January last year, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. when we started believing. We were solid. We were solid. Fifteen, twenty points clear. Alisson saves the ball in the 92nd minute, whacks it out to Salah. Salah holds off Dan James, scores, takes his top off. Alisson comes running. That's when I started thinking, you know what? I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but we can, we're, we're going to finally win it. Yeah. We're finally going to win it. And COVID came and I thought, oh, no, they're not going to null and void it, are they? But luckily... That would have been the dream if that was... That would have uh, been the dream. If it was null and void... I probably would have given up football for life. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to hack it. The fact I wouldn't, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't that, disagree with that. I think that would have been a fun honestly. thing to do. Oh, man. But yeah, that is probably one of my best memories because that's when I've actually felt something inside thinking, you know what, we're going to do this. Like, we're actually going to win it. Because you don't get that feeling in the cup competition. So it's probably nice for you to feel that because in the cup competition... There's always, oh, you could lose or you could win. Like the game against West Ham in 2006, you thought you could have lost. The game in Istanbul, obviously. Game in Greece, obviously. But these things, you're like, it can go either way. But when you're in the league, you've got that comfortable points to, to see. Yeah. You've got, you got, you got, you got that you got that security. But, yeah, you've got that assurance, that really, assurance. of seeing it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is great. For me, my favourite memories of Anfield have been very limited over my lifetime. My first few would probably be seeing Diego Thorlan score two against Jersey Dudek. You know what? I think we've messed up today. I've worn my home shirt and you've worn your away shirt. We're playing at Anfield. I should really buy an away shirt. I should get that zebra shirt. Well. I should have worn my home one, but my home one's from the 13-14 season. That gives me nightmares. Yeah, I guess like, it must give you PTSD as well. That whole Gerard slip, <laughs> but we'll, we'll skip over that. Oh, um, leave we'll leave that one. Um, but no, Juanfield was very fun for me to watch. Seeing Louis van Gaal go to Anfield two seasons in a row and win. That's when I was really annoyed when he was sacked as well because I'm like, Man United don't dominate at Anfield ever besides those two seasons. Under Sir Alex, we didn't do that. Moyes, we definitely do that. Mourinho, we didn't do that. And Solskjaer, we haven't done that. But for Gao, we did. And we did amazing then because uh, Juan Mata scored that goal from that pass through from Herrera. Gerard got sent- Yeah, he scored that uh, in the second half as well. But before that, yeah. DVG got sent off for that high foot on Ander Herrera. He literally just came on and got the red card in 30 seconds, didn't he? And that was like the emergence of Jordan Henderson for me. The fact that he was like, oh, for God's sake, our leader's gone. So now I have to be the leader. And he just kept, kept building from there, which is fantastic to see. And we've bantered over the years of Jordan Henderson being a waste of money. Same as Stuart Down and Andy Carroll. But he's proved me wrong. And I'm glad to see it because it's going to benefit England and it's benefited Liverpool to the way it is. But yeah, another another memory for me, what would I say? I mean, Juan Field, that overhead kick was insane. But seeing Wayne Rooney score against them that season afterwards when it was a 1-0 win and he just scored like a little tap in from a corner and you're just there like again this isn't the best Liverpool team but even the worst of Liverpool teams 
have beaten a prime Man United team 2-0, 2-1 at home. And that time when Torres scored and David Ngog scored and Brainer ran from the back as well. Nightmares on Monday morning going to school that day. And again, you're, you're never what you never want at school to like banter or joke straight away. You'd always leave it and let it mellow for a bit, which really annoyed me. I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm just like, I can see your face. Just get it over and done with and it'll be good. But you're just like, nah, I'll wait. I'll wait for the right time. And it's just awful. But I don't think it will be a big result for Man United personally. That's my prediction. I think it will be a 2-2 draw or a 1-1 draw, but I think we won't lose. I think Solskjaer will set up not to lose and probably break on the counter. His first initial tactic when he came to Man United was to play on the counter and break from them. But I, unless there's like a dodgy VAR decision and Bruno Fernandes gets the last minute penalty and clock goes ballistic, I don't think we're going to win at Anfield because I'm never confident going to Anfield. That's the, that and Stamford well, Bridge are the worst places for me to to go to. Even without fans, I don't think we're going to be doing well. Well, we haven't lost at Anfield in a very, very, very long time. It's like three years? Now? Yep. Yep. I can't remember and the last that team that beat you as well. I mean, you lost against Atletico Madrid, but in the league, you haven't won. You haven't lost in the league. Long time. Yeah, in the league, we ain't lost. So, and also, your top six performances in this season haven't been the best. No, not at all. I, I can agree with you, and it's just facts. What drew drew to so, City, uh, lost to Arsenal at home. We lost ridiculously to Spurs. Jose Mourinho Spurs six one. We drew to. I mean, we drew to Leicester. I consider them top six as they finished what fifth last yeah. season. And yeah. Liverpool, we haven't played. Chelsea, we drew as well. But in those in those games, it always goes on. Like all the pundits and the media always go on to Man United. But the fact that Arsenal didn't set up to win when they played against us, City really didn't challenge us in the league, and Chelsea really didn't challenge us in the league that time as well. It kind of got annoying for me when I'm like, it's not always about us trying to go for the win. I know we're Man United and we're this that, and the other, but this team <clears> is at their best on the counter-attack. That goal for Rashford against Brighton earlier this season, just counter-attacking is, is prime Man United mm. and the goal against, you can name so many goals against them, but I think that's the best way to to beat Liverpool personally on the counter-attack. I don't think we'll be winning the midfield battle properly. That's why I'm like, get Matic and get Fred in, Pogba in as well, make it four if it needs be. But that's personally how I see the game going. I see, I see Robertson and Alexander-Arnold troubling Maguire and Bailly a lot. You probably needed a physical presence in there. I'd, even Origi in the last 20, 30 minutes, if he comes on, will be a physical presence that will challenge us as well. Because again, last season, we lost to a Van Dijk header uh, in that first half as well. Physical presence, he just dominated everyone. What about you? How do you see the tactical game going, personally? I'm not sure what to expect. Mm. Because... You said two formations, I... it could be, which is crazy Exactly. Once I see the formations, I'll have a little rough idea of what the game might pan out like. How but would you set it up? How would you go for the kill against Man United? How would, I would just play our natural game, which is possession, possession, possession. Tiago means even more possession. And you've got right your now, Geigen press as well, so pressing from the front, exactly. as, you, as you love to do. Exactly. Um, so Mane, Firmino, Salah will press from the front. Mm-hmm. Ginny Wijnaldum will be recycling possession so once he gets the ball back intercepts Thiago will have the ball now Thiago is always head up forward none of that sideways stuff none of that backward stuff he gets the ball he moves it forward Mane and Salah are very good at making runs inside that run against Which, Chelsea that Mane done as well you see it all on the internet now of him just coming <laughs> in forward yeah ever since then 
I know I know Wan Bissaka can handle him, but you can only handle a top talent like that for so long. So it's going to be crazy to see how he does. Hundred percent, exactly. Yeah. So it could go two ways because if we start the young lads, one of the young lads mm. at centre back, you guys can score heavy. However, if our front three are firing on all cylinders, then I can't see us not score. Like, and they're always up for a challenge whenever it's the big teams. I've realised that the team, our team, always has extra energy when we play against the top sides. It's, it's and, annoying to see because that was like Man United of this era, basically. But yeah, we've, we've only done that in handfuls over the last few years as well. Depending on the manager, like PSG, for example, big game. Um, but not really many other games like that. Man City at home last season, big game, one two nil. Stamford yeah, Bridge, exactly. we had, we don't win at Stamford Bridge, but we won there last season as well. But it's crazy to think that Liverpool have such a hold over Manchester United over the last three four years as well. Haven't won at Anfield since what twenty sixteen, yeah twenty sixteen really, and we've only scored yeah. like, one or two goals in the league against Anfield. I think it was Jesse Lingard when we lost three one that game, but we hadn't scored under. Mourinho's yeah. first two games. We had a squad under Solskjaer. I don't. I yeah, don't. Exactly. I personally don't see a win unless we do something out of the ordinary. But I don't see a win yeah. that Man United can convincingly win. It will have to be a scrappy win, if best. If you win, it will be a scrappy one. But I can't see you guys winning because of our good record at Anfield. Hmm. Klopp will be fuming at the players for their past few performances, so he will be digging into them especially in training. He'll be telling them to do X, Y and Z that they were so good at before, but they'll need to start doing that again because the performances against Newcastle and Southampton was not good. And they they should be routine wins, really. The Southampton one especially, I thought. Like, you had had the chances. And Newcastle, when I was listening to on the radio on the way back back home, um, but I was just there like, okay, this is going to go in. Now this is going in. And you know how radio commentary is. You're just there like, oh, it's going to happen. And even the commentators was like, we don't get this happy normally, but it's odd to see Liverpool squander so many chances and half chances. Exactly. I don't think they'll do that against Man United because, again, they're big game players now. Thiago, Henderson, exactly. Salah, Mane. Exactly. And again, it might just be, again, just hyping up your team and hyping up your ego. But if Man United can't stop them now, I don't see besides Man City, really anyone challenging Liverpool for the league. And unfortunately, yeah. that could be something bad for us because, again, we've got, we're got three points clear, but we're not going to stay there. Southampton have been top. Everton have been top. Spurs have been top. Um, Leicester have been top as well. Liverpool have been top. Man United have been top. And you're just there, like, it's a topsy-turvy season. So I don't see us holding that lead. Personally. Yeah, exactly. Like, if we get a win, we're top. Hmm. By goal difference, but we're still top. Do you get, hmm. like... This season's all over the place, but I personally do think that City are going to win it. I think Liverpool are going to win it, unfortunately. I don't do think. I, yeah, I think City will get there to like April, May, but I think Liverpool will just win it. Look how the enthusiasm has just gone from my face. I think if we win it, we need to get a centre back. We must, but like I've been reading reports, Edo Militao is available mm. on a six month loan. That is such, that's not- a no brainer. For me, like I mentioned to you before, I'm a big fan of Kyle Tomori. I think Tomori could easily go on loan to Liverpool, but Chelsea won't let him because they're a rival. There's Upamecano from Leipzig, who again is a fantastic centre back. You've got uh, Militao as well. Even going to 
I'm a big fan of Bednarak and Vestergaard as well. Why not go back to Southampton? Do, do some do some shopping, and again, thirty million down Santa's St Mary's, and you'll get him. I reckon you would. But even for, even Fabian Scher from from Newcastle was a really good centre back, but he's just he's in, a, he's in a crap team as well. Fabian Scher for me. Yeah, but the thing is, Klopp would probably ideally want to buy someone that will be there for the future, who he can build. If he gets Edem Militao, which is for an initial what six month loan, let's say, yeah, mm. we've got the option to buy. But does Klopp see him fit? I personally think anything is better than our current centre-back pairing. I, I don't see why Militao won't improve your centre-backs because even if you get him fit and let's say next season you've got Militao, Gomez, Matip, Van Dijk, who wouldn't want that, those four centre-backs in their team? Exactly. They're all exactly. pushing to be next to Van Dijk in the team and they could easily just learn from one another and become a force because when Man United won the league or when Man City won the league they've always had four proper good centre-backs and Man City, Man City didn't win the league last season because they didn't replace Vincent Company in time and now they have a Ruben Diaz which is amazing to see because he looks like the cheapest chips bargain you'll ever see and it's fantastic and and we when, thought Vincent Company's replacement would have been Laporte and now oh. you've got uh, Ake like bench warming as well who everyone was like oh yeah they bought a centre-back finally but Laporte and Diaz could be fantastic, but Stones and Diaz is Stones and Diaz is a wicked combination right now, isn't it? And like, the fact that we've got look... John Stones in form before the Euros, what more can you ask for? Exactly. So Stones with Maguire, I'm guessing. Mm, probably Stones which with Maguire. Was, which, which was the World Cup centre-back yeah. pair, which added Kyle Walker as a makeshift centre-back as well, and a part of the three. Yeah, it was something like that. But it was, it was all well and good. Um, but yeah, my predictions for the game would be 2 2. And what would you say the prediction for the game would be? 2 1 Liverpool. Was that 2 1, Zoe? 2 1 Liverpool. Unfortunately, it could be the way. I'm not a very optimistic Man United fan. I'm more of a pessimistic when it comes to Anfield. So that's, that's how it's going to I be. am more optimistic since the 17 18 season. I was more optimistic when we were wearing this shirt. And even then, we lost 3 1 to you at Anfield as well. That Dirk Cout hat trick in that season. <laughs> That's when Suarez done that crazy, amazing run, wasn't it? And it was like, uh, I think Carragher like ruined Nanny as well, which was awful. But was more yeah. Liverpool v Man United memories at Anfield, just pain, pain in my face. But no, thank you very much, Aminor, for being on. And That's thank right. you for coming on at short notice. And who knows, maybe, maybe you'll come back in the future for another Liverpool preview. Actually, I would love to. actually. FA Cup next week. Wanna do it again? Why not? Why I'm not? more than happy to. It'll be fun. Nah, it'll be yeah. fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah. And see you in a bit. Bye. See you later.